Hello and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 152, where in a moment we chat your pension, your choices. That's in just a sec, as I say, but please bear in mind if you have a general financial query, you're in the right place because we have an enormous resource of free advice right here. And you can access it all simply through delving into our back catalogue of shows. Because in our programmes to date, we featured loads of stuff, mortgages, investing, wills and powers of attorney and loads more. You name it, we've done it pretty much. Last time we discussed cash is king. Or is it? Find the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts and you'll get us there. As I say, an enormous resource all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate the reviewers, for instance, you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show. Then that way you'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Ellis and here's the star of our show, Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you? Good, thank you. Your pension, your choice. Now, I, I think the thing with a pension is most people have one for the majority of their adult lives from the moment they start working to the moment they snuff it. So often the first question about pensions I need to ask is where about in life or in the cycle of a pension's life or are we basing the show on? I mean, essentially, who are we trying to help in this episode? Yeah, you're right. I mean, a, a lot of people have got, or a lot more people have got pensions and paying in. There was an auto enrollment come in a number of years back. So that, that's kind of encouraged more people to try and save into pensions. This particular show is probably one that would be really helpful if someone's considering accessing their pension pots or thinking about how they would like to take an income from it. It would appeal to that sort of folk. It's important to note as well, you get different types of pensions. So you've got defined contribution pensions, which is ones where you've maybe paid into yourself or your employers maybe paid into you. And then you get defined benefit pensions. That's like old final salary schemes or you get schemes linked to your your kind of average earnings over time. But this one's more for the the defined contribution schemes if you've got those. Although we we may touch on bits that apply to other sort of pensions as well. Also a good show, anybody sort of approaching retirement. But not not only that, I mean, anybody over the age or so 55 plus, this would probably be, be of interest to you. But even for some of our younger listeners, they might still find this episode interesting because it just talks through some of the options you've got when you do get nearer retiring and also gives them an idea of what they maybe want to work towards in the future as well. Yeah, primarily the folk who are uh, potentially still out there working but, but legally have the ability or are nearing the legal age to be able to withdraw funds from their pension, mid-50s or thereabouts, where you can take that lump sum and, and buy the sports car. It might seem like a little treat in your in your life and that you can award yourself, but I suppose the thing is you're effectively robbing yourself in later life because you never really know how much you'll need to get by or for how long, so it's actually a pretty big decision. It's one worth weighing up, isn't it? Is there somewhere that you can look for help on that before you go accessing your pension pot, Phil? Yeah, I mean, it, it's such a big decision looking at all the different options. And as you'll see when we go through this show, there's quite a number of different things that people can do with their, their pensions as well. But the number of years back, George Osborne, when he was the, the Chancellor at the Exchequer, introduced what's often called pension freedoms, which give people a lot more accessibility to their pension pots. But the downsides there is that the more money you take out of your pensions, then the less you're going to have at some point in the future when you you maybe want to take an income from them. So there, there was pros and cons to to that. 
The other thing, sometimes if you go reading your pension pots, like can be tax implications. Again, we'll probably touch on a, a bit of that as we, we go through. But what, what tends to happen is that there's a couple of different ways that people can go about looking at the options for their, their pensions. And one thing, when George Osborne did the, the pension freedoms, he also introduced that there's a thing called pension wise. So this is a free service that's there to try and help people understand their choices with, with our pension. So so pension wise offers guidance to, to people. It's kind of backed or funded by the, the government. They've also got a website, Money Helper, which is, is quite good for getting some general information as well. But you've got this pension wise service, which is there just to, to kind of offer you guidance on the, the different options that you've got. But it's important to note that they won't shop around or recommend actual providers. So they, they may go through some of the options that you have, but they don't actually recommend providers or they won't actually recommend make, saying, look, you should do this or should do that. They just sort of give you the information so that you can almost try to make an informed choice yourself. So that that's one kind of route that you've got as you approach retirement to try and find out more information. And another option is to speak to a financial advisor. The, the big difference here, when you do speak to a financial advisor, what they're going to do is make a recommendation after assessing your needs. And they're also going to look at all the different options. They can recommend different products, different companies. So that, that's one advantage that a financial advisor would have as opposed to the pension-wise service, which is just trying to guide you and explain the, the different options that you do have. So pension-wise, a free resource so that we can access ourselves and do our own research, which is fine. But for something as important as this, Phil, as you say, I, I think I, I'm more than likely to come down on the idea of asking an expert for help. And that would mean engaging the services of a financial advisor, as you say. Now, when you're talking, the example I'll give you, when you're talking mortgages, occasionally you get financial advisors who are tied in that can only advise on specific mortgage lenders or specific mortgage products. In this instance, when you're talking pensions, will any financial advisor do, or or is there some specific advice here? Yeah, so what you want is, well, first of all, you need to get what's called regulated financial advice. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that kind of try to say that they can give you, like, not, not financial advice, but again, it's probably more guidance, but... The, the Financial Conduct Authority regulate financial advisors. And one good thing is they've got a list of all the like regulated financial advisors on the what's called the FCA register. So it's quite good. But again, you've got to be aware of scams because I actually had somebody recently was trying to pretend to be myself. And we got a call into the office from someone saying, Oh, I've, I've had a I'm looking to speak to, to Philip Ian Anderson. Well, I straight away I, I was like, that's quite unusual because that's my full name and nobody ever calls me by by that. My mom and dad might call me Philip, but that's that's just about it. <laughs> so so that straight away, one of the girls is like, oh, do you know such and such? And I was like, never heard of him. Like, oh, he's saying that he sent you, I think it was like 500 quid or something. I guess, nah, it's nothing to do with me. So so it is like you you will get people out there that will pretend to be. So, so you've always got to be mindful of that as well. But you, you've got, coming back, I'm kind of digressing from, from what we were speaking okay. about, but You've kind of got two different types of financial advisor. You've got independent financial advisors and then what's called restricted advisors. So an independent financial advisor can start, they, they can deal with all different types of services. They can deal with all the different providers that's out there. So they, they're kind of like a, a whole of market 
is is effectively what they are. Now, some advisors are restricted, so they maybe can only recommend a certain company or, or companies. And you've got some advisors that are restricted and that they can only advise on certain areas. So, so that's um, another thing as well. But I, I would say, I mean, like the Money Helper and the Pension Wise, they, they've actually got a booklet that they put out. And one of the top tips that they've got in this booklet is they, it says, choose a financial advisor who can recommend products from the whole market. Mm. So that that's like an independent financial advisor. So I, I would say... If someone's looking for a financial advisor, you are better looking for an independent financial advisor or IFA as they're often known. They can give you regulated financial advice. What financial advisors will do as well is they give you an idea of the costs of their service. I know a lot of them will do a free initial review and at that point they can go through and say, right, this is what we can help with. This is what the cost would be. You'll get some financial advisors that will charge Per hour, you, you'll get some financial advisors that will charge as a percentage of the, the assets that you've got. One, one thing that's good as well is that they, there is what's called a, a pension advice allowance. And that's something that allows you to withdraw £500 tax-free from your pension pot on three separate occasions to actually fund and pay for financial advice as well. So that that's something that, that people might not be uh, aware of as well. But the, the financial advisor that you speak to would be able to give you an idea of the sort of services that they can provide and what they can help with, sit down with you, look at your circumstances and and then tailor a plan for for your individual needs. All right. So whatever route of information we choose, we ultimately come down to choices that we need to make about our pensions, don't we? Kind of a sort of stick or twist moment. Take us through those options, Phil. Yeah, you've got, I mean, when you do look to, to kind of draw your benefits, you've probably got, I would say really six kind of options and I'll, I'll go through them and then I'll kind of go through each one in, in a bit more detail and explain what they are. But the, the first option that you've sometimes got is to keep your pension savings where they are. It, it's not always possible. You, you've got the option of buying what's called an annuity. You've then got the option to, to do what's called drawdown or, or some people call it income release. It can have a few different names. You've got the option where you can take tax-free lump sum from from your pension pots usually. So again, there's that option which we'll cover. Some people have seen it where they'll just withdraw all their pension pots in one go. It's often not a good idea because you could end up paying a lot of tax there. Or you could, the the sixth kind of option is you can do a bit of a mix and match combination of of all of them. So I'll I'll kind of go through like each of those options, just to kind of say, look, a wee bit about what they are. I mean, the annuities, for example, we did a whole podcast on on those. That was episode 41. So if, if someone was to, if they were really keen to find out more about that, if they went to, to that episode, it says a, a lot more about annuities. But what, what an annuity is, is it's at that point, you've built up a pot in your, your pension, at some point in the future, you've got the option where you can give that money to usually an insurance company, and then for the rest of your life, they'll provide you with a guaranteed income for however long you you live. Now, annuities come in all different sort of shapes and sizes. You get level annuities where the amount that you get paid stays the same each month. You, you get ones where the amount goes up in line with maybe inflation or a certain percentage each year. Some annuities have got a guaranteed period. So where, where a, 
annuities are maybe poor values. If if you buy an annuity and then were to die not long after, the insurance company's got your money. They've maybe not paid out on a monthly amount for very long. So some annuities have got guaranteed periods. So maybe for a period of 10 years, if you were to die soon after you took it out, it would continue to pay out thereafter. You, you can look at annuities on a, a single life basis, a joint life basis. So if you're married, you might think, right, I want my husband or wife to get so much of this if anything happens to me. But one thing I would say with annuities is that the, the financial regulator, they, they say that 60% of people, when they do an annuity, just stick with their existing provider rather than, than shopping around. And they also then go on to say that eight out of 10 people lose out by not switching and looking at different companies for, for annuities. So on, on the podcast that we did, I, I mentioned episode 41 was just one that we did purely the whole show on annuities. And um, on that podcast, we covered things like what an annuity is, went a bit through some of the, the advantages, disadvantages. The, the other thing that you get as well is enhanced annuities. So if, if you'd had... I don't know, let's say you were a smoker and you'd had a heart attack and had had a stroke, for example, that would qualify you for what's called an enhanced annuity. So if you're not in the best of health or things like being a smoker, that's a time in life, life when it can actually be an advantage to you. So there, there's quite a lot of annuities, quite, quite a lot to kind of cover there. But basically, you give your money to the insurance company, they give you an income for the rest of your life, however long you're, you're alive. So uh, they're, they're particularly good for people who are maybe a bit more cautious. They don't want like the same level of risk. Probably a good time to, to touch on sort of drawdown and, and what that is, because that that's one where it's a bit more flexible, but you've got more kind of risks with, with that. So okay. a popular option that, that people have got now is they, they leave their money invested when they come to retire. So they, they've got built up a pot with, with a provider or maybe numerous providers. Usually you'll have the option where you can take the 25% tax-free lump sum. And, and usually I would tend to encourage most people to, to kind of do that because you can then use that money for other things, but you can also invest that in a tax of, in, in a way that you can maybe draw an income from that without paying tax. Whereas any income you draw from your pension, annuities, the income from that would be taxable. And likewise, if you go into drawdown and leave the money invested, the income payments from that will be, be taxable as well. But drawdown gives people a bit more flexibility with their, their pension pots. So the, the money remains invested, and then you just draw down funds when you need them. Now, you can do that on a regular monthly basis. You can do it on an ad hoc basis. But again, this is where there's a lot of tax planning comes in with, with this because we, we sometimes get people who say, look, I want to, to go into drawdown, leave my money invested, hope that it continues to, to do well and maybe go up in value over time. And then they'll draw money out of it. Now, I, I guess the risk here is you've got some investment risk because the money's still invested. So if your investments go down and you're taking too much out, that could be eaten into the, the pot that, that you've got there. So, so drawdown is great in the sense that it gives you a lot of flexibility, but there are kind of disadvantages with, with that sort of thing as well. So again, that, that's why I would say it's important for people to take financial advice as well. 
Okay, on, just I'm, I'm going to just jump in here, Phil, and ask you a question on on the subject of drawdown because I'm following exactly what you're saying. You're taking that that amount out. If, as you say, you know, because investing can go badly as well as well, yeah. if it's it's not going quite so well, and you are taking out probably more than you should at a certain point. Would you be, would you receive a notification of that? You know, somebody presumably either the company that you're invested with or your financial advisor would get some sort of notification and say, "Well, look, actually, you might want to you might want to rethink what you're doing because you're you're possibly taking too much." Is there a notification like an alarm goes off where you you will find out that, or do you have to stay right on top of your drawdown situation yeah, some, yourself? That that's I mean, it used to be in the past that if if someone was in drawdown, they had to have reviews every so often. And and what I would say with that, I mean, like if, if a financial advisor is putting someone into a drawdown pension, they're going to be recommending that you should be reviewing it at least annually to look at things like how's your funds performing? How much money are you taking out? Are you, how long will that funds last you for? Good news is some providers have got, I mean, like um, we, over the years, we've done a lot of pensions with, with Royal London and it's great. They, they've got sort of tools for the advisor where they can look at things like, right, is somebody in danger of depleting all their money too quickly? There's cash flow modeling tools out there as well, which are great. So you can look at it and say, right, how much money somebody got in their pot? How on average, how long are they likely to live? And that that's the other thing as well. You you've got kind of like longevity. I mean, some people, the, the average age that people will live to varies greatly. You, you'll get some people that will retire, say at 65, next six months later, keel over, bam, mm. and they're gone. Mm. Whereas the next person could live to well into their 90s, 100, you just, that, that's yeah. it. So so one great unknown is you never know how long your pension money is going to need to last you. But what, what financial advisors will do is they, they'll look and say, right, how long on average would you be expected to, to live? I mean, like if, if somebody does reach age 65, their average life expectancy, I think, is something like 85. So if you've already reached that age, you're then expected to live for, say, 20 years in retirement. I know the average life expectancy for people is less than that, but that's kind of like the sort of statistics if you do make it to, to that particular age. So it's important to do that. That's where not only taking advice to set things up initially, but it's good to look at things on an ongoing basis. And, and that's the sort of things that, like I say, financial advisors will use sort of cash flow modeling tools. They, they've got all that resources there to, to try and make sure that somebody doesn't eat into their pot and use it all up too too quickly. And I guess that, that's probably a good time to mention as well. I mean, I said about the option, like withdrawing all your pension pot in one go. Mm. It, it's one, I've seen it done and, what you've got to bear in mind there is that your pension is meant to be a vehicle to provide you with an income when you retire or maybe stop working or, or work less in the future. And what happens if you take the, the whole lot? I mean, if, if you've got a pension pot and you think, right, I want to take the whole lot out. If it's a personal pension or a defined contribution pension, usually you can take 25% of the, the pot as a tax-free lump sum. You do get some older pensions where they can take more than the 25%, but that tends to be quite rare. So for, for most pensions, you can usually access 25% of your pot as a tax-free lump sum. But if you then withdraw any more money, that's taxed as if it was income. So let, let's say you've not got much income 
but you had a pot of, say, 100,000, you could take 25%, so 25 grand tax-free. The other 75,000, now some of that would be taxed at the basic rate, and then some of that would actually end up being taxed at a higher rate. So it, that that's the way that it works. So if someone was keen to try and get all their money out and as quickly as they can, another thing that you could do is say, right, okay, we'll only take so much out this year, so much out the next year. So, so a financial advisor's role as well is a bit of tax planning to try and say, look, if you lift the whole lot out now, one, you've got less money or no money when you, you kind of might need it in the future, but also you could end up paying an awful lot of tax. So th- there's big consequences if someone is looking at, I mean, the, you, you do, you see it, folks saying, oh, I want to take my pension pot and use it to buy a car or go on holidays or do this. And yeah, it's your money. You can make the, the choices with it, but lifting the whole lot as a, a lump sum often isn't just a very good idea at all. I, I've seen some people, I mean, with the cost of living, people are sort of struggling and thinking, right, where can I get money to kind of supplement maybe my income or to cover the, the cost of, of living? And you, you can take, as I say, you, I mentioned, you can take, it's called a pension commencement lump sum, but that's just like a fancy name for, for tax-free cash. So once you hit the age of 55, it is going up to, to 57 at one point. But if someone was 55 now, they can take, if they've got a personal pension or defined contribution pension, they can take tax-free cash out of it up to 25% of the value of their funds. So, and, and you can actually do that. You don't have to lift the, the whole of the tax-free cash in one go. You can take that out as, as like smaller installments. You, you've got different options with that. But um, over the last few years, I have seen more people saying, look, can we access a bit of our pension? And that, that's where your financial advisor would look at it and say, right, like, how is that going to impact you now from things like a tax perspective? But what impacts that going to have on your, your retirement in the future as well? So there are there's, there's so many different things to cover with, with your pension and so many different choices when you do approach retirement. Just on that that one subject there, Phil, the, the pension commencement lump sum, uh, as you said, yeah. otherwise known as tax-free cash. So let's let's um let's go for easy numbers again. Let's say you've got a hundred thousand in your, your pension pot. You want to take your lump sum, so that's 25k that you can access tax-free. Yeah. I'm following yeah. you so far because that's your 25%. But you said you can take it out in, in increments there, I think you mentioned. So if I take out 5k now. Do I have to take out the other 20, 20K within this tax year? Or can I take out 5K when I'm 55, then when I'm 56, then when I'm 57? Yes, yeah, so the, the pensions are, are so much more flexible these days. So you, you could say, right, I'll take a few thousand out now and then more later. I mean, if, if someone, let, let's say someone just takes the whole 25% tax-free lump sum, if you were 55 doing that, and you weren't planning to retire until, say, 67, you've then lost out on the growth on that money yeah. for the next sort of 12 years or however long till you, you draw it. But the, the benefits are real flexible. So you can say, right, I only want to take out so much, so many thousand now. And then you, you can do like, it's, it's often caused like phased retirement. So you can, same with the income. I mean, you, you might think, right, I, I want to take out a lump sum to go on holiday, but I'm happy, I'm still working just now, don't need to draw an income, so I'll leave that. And then at some point, you can almost turn that income tap 
own, so to speak. So yeah, yeah pensions are an awful lot more flexible than than what they used to be. That that's one of the the good things and, these days. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking a lot of people like me. So we've done shows before. We've actually said, you know. Not everyone has a pension in place, but a lot of people will probably be like me, and they'll they'll be like sleeping towards the the pensionable years, where the the they're content paying in a certain amount every year, and they're just going on and on uh, and paying that amount, but they don't really have any idea of how much they'll need or how much they're going to have, and it can come as a great shock when they 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 reach the sort of latter years of work and they look around and go, oh crikey, I don't have enough. So I can imagine they might get to that age and think, right, if I take out the 25%, perhaps I can invest it in something else and actually rescue my pension, as it were. Do you see a lot of that happening? Yeah, I mean, pe- people will take the tax-free lump sum out and, and use it for so many different reasons. Some people will spend the money. Others, I mean, you, you can invest that money and like I say, you could draw like a tax-free income from from that. But what you will find though is, if somebody doesn't really need it, I would usually be encouraging them to say, "Look, just leave it where it is." Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's why the very first option I said was keep your pension savings where they are. And and if you don't need it, I mean, it, it's always good to review your pensions as well because keeping it where it is, it might be better with a different provider. Maybe best keeping it where it is. So there, there's different options there, but. Yeah, kind of, what I would say is by sitting down at an earlier, as early a time as possible with a financial advisor, they can look at your situation now and say, right, what are you paying out? How much can you afford to pay in? And what's that going to give you back at some point mm. in the future? Mm. And they can start covering all these options. That's why I said, right at the, the kind of top of the show, that, that this podcast, yeah, it might be more for people getting nearer to retirement, but it's good for folk to know the sort of options, even if you're a bit younger, to know the sort of options that you've got and what you might be working towards at, at some point in the future. But that that's where good financial advisors set themselves apart for probably the, the average ones is what they'll do is they'll look and look at your circumstances now and say, right, look, just now you've maybe got a mortgage, you've maybe got kids to pay for. How's it going to look when you reach, say, in your 60s? By that time, the mortgage might be paid off you maybe didn't have the same outgoings that, that you had before. I mean, the way things have been going with the cost of living lately, a lot of outgoings are going up a, a fair bit. But they, they can look and say, right, what have you got at the minute? If you keep doing what you're doing, it's going to give you this. And this this is a situation that you're you're going to be in. And so, so good advisors as well should really be encouraging people not, not to save more, but saving what's appropriate for them and their needs. So that that's all the sort of things that they can do as well. Like I say, they, they, the advisors will have things like cash flow modeling tools that they can use. They, they've, they're experts in that field, so they can really help you. Because when, when you get your pension statement in, it might say, oh, you've got X amount in your pot. But <laughs> what does that really mean? How much is that going to give you each month at some point in the future? Yeah. Yeah, see, the reason I'm laughing, Phil, is because we've we've kind of done this before, and I've said to you in the past, every year I'll get a statement from my pension, and it'll say, great news, you know, not great news, but here's your annual statement, and you can go a, a number of ways, so it'll give you option one, it'll say, you can take a lump sum of this, and then this amount every month for the rest of your life, uh, or you could do this, and you think, oh, wow, that's a, that's quite a bit of money. I, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm well. And in reality, if you actually sit down and you look at it, you say, well, 
I've got to die by that date there because if not, I'm skint. Yeah. And that that is that is what you're what you're looking at. That's what you have to weigh up. And I, I think I actually get quite excited when we do pension shows because I think, right, I am definitely off the back of this podcast. I'm definitely going in <laughs> and I'm going to say, right, that is my pension as things stand. I am 50 years old, so I have a little bit of time. What do you recommend that I do? And and I would put I would put everything in the hands of a financial advisor and say, look, please help me out because that yeah. is literally that is literally where a lot. Like I say, I feel like I'm sleepwalking towards my pension years almost. Yeah, well, a lot of people are. That's a thing, and it, it it's like I, I don't know. I mean, but one of the reasons I do this podcast, it's not even really so much to promote the business that I've got, but it's it's more to promote financial advice and the benefits of, of mm. financial advice mm. and. Probably going through this episode here, I mean, like I, I mentioned, you've got things like the, the money helper pension wise, and they, they can guide you with some of the options that you've got, but they're not really, they're not there to say, look, you should be paying in this, you're not paying in enough. Sometimes, it, I mean, like, not everybody can afford to pay in more. One one advantage of paying in a pension, you've got the tax relief on the contributions, which is, yep. is great. So that makes pensions a really good investment vehicle for, for the future. But that, that's where you want to sit down and, and have not, not so much guidance, but proper advice tailored to your circumstances. And I mean, like we, we went through like six different options there for, for things that you can do with your, your pension pot. But at the end of the day, if, if you haven't saved in enough for retirement, you're either working longer or having to work harder at some point in the, the future. Yeah, I, I mean, I, as you say, when you're talking about a, a tailored approach, here's me sitting here thinking, well, my son wants to go to university in a couple of years and I know that the likes of halls of residence cost about, what I don't know, about eight grand a term or something like that. So if, if we were wanting to pay that for him and I needed to get that 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 money, then I might go down the line of taking something out of my pension commencement yeah. lump sum because it's probably one of the few ways that I could access that amount of money just like that. Perhaps anyway, I don't know. But but that would be an option specifically for me yeah. that, that a financial advisor could, could recommend for me potentially. But pension wise, probably isn't going to do. I mean, I might yeah. arrive. I might arrive there on my own, but you know, a financial advisor is going to help me find find the best possible way of doing that, aren't they? Yeah, they they'll go through and just say, look, you can do this, you can do that. But that's it. You're right. An, an actual financial advisor is going to be tailoring things to your individual needs, mm. and not only that, the, the pension wise is just giving you sort of general generic information, whereas a financial advisor is going to look at things like your specific circumstances, how much have you got? Is it enough? How much will that give you if you do this option or that option? They, they're also looking as well. I mean, that, that statistic about the annuities, I mean, that, that was the actual financial regulator that, that did that, saying that 60% of people just stick with their existing provider when buying an annuity. Now, mm. buying annuities used to be the main thing that, that people did when they came to retire and draw the, the benefits from their pension pot. And then they also said that eight out of 10 of those are losing out by not switching and looking at an alternative provider. So it just, the, the benefits are seeking out financial advice are, are just numerous on, on so many areas that, that advisors can help with. Yep, I'm definitely sold on that idea. I mean, why why would you take a risk with, with something you've been saving for your entire life? Uh, a few options on the table, some more desirable than others, I suppose, but there they are. The other thing I, I know you touched on briefly, Phil, and I know you ought to mention, because 
yeah. it seems more and more prevalent than ever is the idea of pension scams. Yeah, I mean, we, we've done two podcasts on kind of scams and scammers in, in the past. What, what you'll find, you, you get a lot of people that will claim to be able to help you access your pension before the age of 55. And they'll often phone up saying, oh, we're, we're like an approved government scheme, blah, blah, blah. But quite often, I mean, that, that's one thing to be mindful of is that scams and scammers will do anything they can to try and get you apart with, with your money. But one great thing now is that there is a lot more, when I say protections in place, that there's like the providers, if someone's transferring their pension from one provider to somewhere else, the providers are quite good now. They do a lot more checks to see where the money's going. Have they had sort of proper regulated financial advice to, to transfer sort of pensions? But quite often you get these people purporting to be like, like I say, from sort of government-backed schemes and stuff, saying, oh, we can help you access your pension pot early and, and things like that. But you, you have, you've got to kind of beware of the, the scams and scammers. And then, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, I, I said there, there was somebody pretending to be myself. It's hard to stop that. And and it's hard. Like, we we never really, I, I could have put a post out on social media saying, look, if if you think you've been contacted by myself, get in touch to make sure it is us. Yeah. But then it just scares people. That That's the thing. They're like, oh, no, what's happening? But it, it's hard to stop people doing that. But you just to be vigilant and make sure that you are. If you have any doubts, check it out. That's, that's what I always say. All right, Phil. Without going through all the options in terms of what you can do with your, your pension, maybe you could recap the, the sort of moves we make to the point where we'll be faced with those choices. So how to be in a position to allow ourselves to make the best possible choice, if you like. The resources we've spoken about, all of that, please, if you could. Yeah, so, so I mentioned if, if once you get to, to approach an age 55, you've got the, the option where you can speak to, to pension-wise. They can give you some guidance on, on some of the options. They've got a booklet as well that, that they would send out to you. I, I do always think speaking to a financial advisor is key when you're, you're looking at your pension options. And what I would also say as well is no matter your age, I would recommend speaking to an advisor because they can make sure that you're invested in the right place with the right provider for, for you and also paying in a su sufficient amount into your plans as well. So th there's a lot of benefits of going and speaking to a financial advisor. Absolutely. Okay. Now, we always do this, Phil, on your, your podcast. Uh, we take a look at how our subject matter has affected your life, both professionally and personally. So what do you want to focus on from today's show? Your pension, your choice. Yeah, somebody emailed a few weeks ago saying they'd listened to one of the the very first episodes that we did, and that was on pensions and your kind of retirement options. One thing I would say as well, we, we've actually got a retirement options booklet. So if anybody wanted that, just drop me an email. It's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. It's just called retirement options booklet. We can send that out. Quite a lot in there. I mean, it's probably about 25 pages of stuff, but it covers everything. It's really thorough. I, I tend to prefer to try and keep things simple and they go into too much detail. You get some folk, you tend to find maybe like engineers and school teachers like to look at things in, in a lot more detail. It's maybe unfair to, to single them out as professions, <laughs> but, but you, you've got some people that like to, to look into everything, whereas others are like, no, just can I give my rough idea and then we can see where we go from there. But we, we've got this retirement options booklet, so that that's good. But 
a chap had emailed to say, look, the sound quality on that podcast wasn't great. So I thought, I said, oh, probably a good time to do a similar sort of show. And actually what happened, just my, my partner, Ruth, is about to turn 55 shortly. So she actually got through the, the booklet from Money Helper. And I thought, ah, oh, that's like good place to, to sort of start. It covers a lot of the, the options in there as well. And it's like probably good timing just to go through a show like this and, and go through the, the different options that someone has once they, they get near to, to draw on the benefits from their pension. Let me just throw this in for you, Phil, because I noticed that you didn't there, so I'll do it for you. Ruth's going to turn 55. Never. She doesn't even look 45, Phil. Uh-huh. Barely She'll 35. She'll crack up, uh, <laughs> she'll up when we're saying her age on a podcast. <laughs> you better start running now, pal. Yeah. Also on the podcast, a regular bit we delve into uh, is your quote of the week, being a fan, as you are, of influential and motivational sayings and quotes. What do you have for this week and, uh, and our topic of your pension, your choice? Yeah, the quote of the week I've got this week is from someone called Jonathan Clements. Retirement is like a long vacation in Las Vegas. The goal is to enjoy it to the fullest, but not so fully that you run out of money. Hmm. Now, Phil is really keen on trying to help you with your query. So if ever you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask them anonymously if you prefer it that way. Let's get on to this week's contact details in a moment. I'll give it to you after this. This first one's from Peggy in Elgin, who says, Hi, Phil. I'm very proud of my husband, who, after many years of service for an electrical company, has decided to take the step away from their employment and set up on his own as a self-employed electrician. But I'm wondering what sort of things he'll need to have in place in terms of insurance, income protection, for instance. Can you please help? Yeah, I mean, it's probably a good time when somebody changes job, especially if you're setting up on your own. It's an excellent time to speak to a financial advisor. Probably a number of things to look at and a number of th- areas that an advisor can help you with. But if you've gone from working for a company to self-employed, it's a good time to review your pension because your employer would likely have been paying in, you would have been paying in, whereas that is something, once you're self-employed, you've got to make your own provision there. So pensions would be a, a big thing. Protection, so that, that covers things like income protection, insurance, accident, sickness cover. Good to look at that because, again, you may have had some sort of sick pay if you were off work previously, but that's likely to be gone now. So yeah, look, a financial advisor can help with things like income protection, insurance. Other areas that going out on your own can impact is maybe your ability to get a mortgage. So again, a financial advisor would usually be able to talk you through any implications that might have. But definitely when when you change jobs or especially going like self-employed or starting up your own business, it's a great opportunity and a great time to sit down with a financial advisor to, to have a look at everything. Absolutely. Now, next up, here's one from Stuart and Tane who asks, Hi, Phil, I've inherited a couple of acres of land from an old relative, and I'm wondering what the best thing to do with it might be. I'm open to selling or building on it, either commercial or residential property. I just want to maximise its financial potential. Any suggestions? Probably quite a tough one to answer, but... I would say it probably comes down to a number of factors to, to consider. I mean, if you're inheriting land, it's like, is there any restrictions on the land? So like some land, I, I nearly once bought a house, but the, there was restrictions on a plot of land that came with it that you couldn't build houses on it. So worth checking out that sort of thing. Some bits of land's got like agricultural re- restrictions. It's also worth, like you mentioned about building on it. So 
It's like, would you get planning permission to build on it? Also, another big factor as well is, do you have the funding or resources to to build as well? So that that lot of things to kind of look in and, and would come into play there. So quite a difficult question to answer, that one. Would you say as well, before you get in touch with the question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've uh, we've covered a, a fair few topics now. This is show 152, after all. And we may have touched on what you're interested in. I'm John Ellis. Thank you for joining us for episode 152 of the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. If you feel you need a helping hand with anything we've been discussing or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or join the Facebook group for the show. Search Personal Finance Community. That's Personal Finance Community on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well, or why not email Phil a question you can answer on a future show. His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him your question and Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast. And please be assured... We won't use your real name if that's what you prefer. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us and please follow us on Apple or whatever you get your podcasts. Then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening. 